Hi, y'all. It's Ashley. We're back on the podcast, and this week I am sitting down with Danielle Kepix to discuss her experience working with Derek and I. I am so excited for y'all to hear from Danielle. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 67, and I am here with Danielle. It's a Thursday afternoon, and y'all, this is one of my first times leading the podcast without Derek here, and I'm so excited. And I also want to know, Danielle, how did I do with all right, everyone? I mean, I vote Derek off the island. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I love it. But so Danielle's been on our podcast. Now, what is this your fourth time? Mm-hmm. I'm the first four, Peter, for yes. sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I'm going to just give a little intro and uh, feel free to add anything on. So Danielle is a board certified physician assistant, certified nutrition coach and former mm-hmm. counselor and personal trainer. She is a partner, fur baby mom, lover of the outdoors, and a fitness and nutrition enthusiast. She is also the founder of the Strong and Unfiltered podcast. You gotta go listen to it if you haven't. And she is a member of the Ballistic Performance family. And we are here to chat about her experience. Did I miss anything? Um, I think Derek would say a woman who isn't afraid to speak her damn mind. <laughs> I think so. I would. Every single person that has listened to your podcast, they say <laughs> that like your intro is legit perfect. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm so happy to hear that because and that like came to me one day where I just started writing and it just it just came out. <laughs> yeah, I get chills. And I was I listen every week and I get chills every single week. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else that I missed or anything else that you want listeners to know about you? Um, no, I mean I think I think we'll probably get into it and a lot of flavors of me will come out. Um <laughs> I'm quite an articulate person at times. So um no, I mean, I think that covers the basis pretty well. Okay, awesome. So first question, well, let me rewind a little bit. We, I mentioned before, we are going to be talking about your experience working with Ballistic Performance. So kind of like a interview type podcast. And this is our first one doing it like this. So I'm super oh, cool. excited for it. <laughs> yeah. So you're our first four for Peter, is that a word? It is now. Okay. And then you're our first like client interview. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, righty. So explain where your health and fitness were prior to starting working with us. How far back you want me to go with that one? Oh, good <laughs> question. Um, as far back as you want, honestly. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I grew up super active. This will not be a super long answer, but I grew up super active kid. I played softball in college. Um, my dad had me weightlifting like when I was 12 years old. So I was like looking at the Arnold Encyclopedia of weightlifting while other people were reading like goosebumps and watching like, <laughs> are you afraid of the dark? Uh, <laughs> I'm totally aging myself here. Um, you know, so I had really, you know, I was, I was involved in, I tried track and gymnastics and pretty much everything. I've just, just always had a lot of energy and was always really rambunctious. And as far as what nutrition was like growing up in my house, I would say it was above average. Like my mom really did make like home cooked meals and stuff for dinner and tried to pack me healthy lunches, but I was really just interested in sandwiches without the crust with jelly on it with and three musketeers and several donuts for lunch no um, peanut so butter I, no I just liked jelly as a child what I know <laughs> I'm I know I'm a super weirdo I'm not like that anymore um <laughs> but uh so I was definitely not the pillar of health of nutrition growing up and I would say around the time that I started CrossFit around 2010, 2011 is when I started to kind of pay attention to my nutrition. And from there, I don't know if the questions that you have will get a little bit more into it. I, you know, looked at eating paleo. I never did. Cause I was like, screw this, man, this, I can't, this is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I tried the RP templates. I worked with working against gravity. Um, I was a member of Paragon. I did their programming for about, almost two years I did Paragon programming. I was a CrossFitter. I mean, to the extent where my highest finish in an open was 144th in my region one year. So, um, I think that's a pretty broad overview of my yeah, background. <laughs> absolutely. So not super, uh, into health growing up, but then tried basically everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely not the pillar of nutritional health and, you know, as I started experimenting with nutrition, I started realizing how I think the biggest thing that came to me when I did WAG, because that was really the thing that I stuck with for the longest counting macros and as many downsides as it had for me with how obsessive I got. And mm -hmm. we can get into that. But I did learn how mindlessly I would just sit and eat like if I was bored and, and things like that. So it really paying attention and being mindful of what I was putting in my body really did make me aware of how it was making me feel. And, you know, was I emotionally eating? Was I bored eating? Was I just being mindless? Um, those things were definitely happening for me. Absolutely. No. And I think a lot of my clients have learned that like counting macros can help with all of those things. It just increases that awareness for sure and adds structure. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. for me, it went overboard, you yeah. know, at first, like not with you guys. Um, I had learned my lesson by that point. So I think that macros are an amazing tool. Mm -hmm. I am, I would be hard pressed to be convinced at this point that I, if it's something that someone should do lifelong. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I'm always saying like, imagine when you're 70, 80 or 90 years old, like, do you want to pull out mm -hmm. my fitness pal? No, mm -hmm. no, no. Yeah. No. And that's a really interesting point. So I, I work as a physician assistant in family practice and I have these women in their six, mid sixties who come to me and who are very obsessed with what they're eating still. And I am like, thank God mm -hmm. that something like the universe just bitch slapped me in the face to stop what I was doing because I was so obsessive that 
I would have been so much worse than these women who are coming to me by my mid 60s. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's kind of goes into my next question is how was your health affecting your life as a whole uh, before working with us? Mm. That's a really good question. So I think in order to see full circle, what that really was is to go back to, I think I was, it was 20, late 2015 when I started first ever started really counting macros with, uh, with WAG and I saw results really fast. Mm -hmm. So when I say I saw results really fast, like I had never manipulated anything that I ate. I had never counted a calorie. I had never, I just ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And I, when I say that, I mean, I was probably slamming three to 4,000 calories a day. Like I was a machine and I was lean. I was fit. I was healthy. And I got down to, I don't at my, at my leanest and you've seen those pictures. So you know that this is not an exaggeration. I would say I was seven to 8% body fat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, within six weeks. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'm just lazy and I should just look like this all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, before I go any further, let me say that, no, no, you shouldn't. That is not healthy. It is not okay. And so I got very, very obsessive with the scale and just numbers and data in general. And I have a little bit of an addictive personality, I guess. Marcus <laughs> is probably in the next room going, don't ever try, try drugs. Um, <laughs> he, he just goes, don't. Uh, so he's not wrong. And so it took me, I stayed in that phase for about two years. And to the extent that, I mean, I was sick. Like mm. I, I was sick in the head. Um, you know, orthorexia is, is, is a real thing and it's starting to be dying. Like, I think it was added to the diagnostic and statistic manual of psychiatry, the DSM five. I'm not certain. Don't quote me on that, but I became so obsessed with health that it became unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, and that's when I met you and Derek was in the peak of my obsessiveness. And I think that that control was really a part of you know, there was a lot of things out of control in my life at that time. My boyfriend having cancer was one of them. And from a psychological standpoint, when there are things that we cannot control, we, we, as human beings try to control what we can, we start cleaning, we start organizing, we start doing whatever we can to control whatever we can, because our external factors are just screwing with our heads so much. Mm -hmm. Even if I, and I wasn't, God, I didn't think that that was happening to me at the time, but it was. So it took, like I said, it took about two years for me to recognize that this wasn't okay. And I mean, my, the, the palms and soles of my hands were orange and I was gaining weight on less food. My appetite was going down. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't pooping. So I came out of that and I did not, I wish I would have had somebody reverse diet me. Like mm -hmm. I was starting to learn about that stuff, but I didn't know enough to know better. So I was like, those stupid heavenly hunks. I'm telling you, that's what put the weight on me after. Afterwards. <laughs> those are addictive. <laughs> Like and very they're like, bad. They're like 200 calories for a little chunk. Too. I know it's, <laughs> I can't, I can't keep, keep them, them in the house. house. <laughs> I can't, I can't because, and not that there's anything wrong with eating that stuff, but I am someone where like, I will have seven of them in a sitting and that is 1400 <laughs> calories. And then I will feel sick. Yeah, me too. So I wish I would have reversed a little bit more mm -hmm. appropriately. So did um, you, uh, completely stop tracking 
ate what you wanted. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was still kind of being mindful about the quality and the quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also trying to get my period back at this time because yeah. right after I had really recognized that I started like Jolene Brighton was introduced to me, Nicole Jardim and all of these women talking about period health. And I had had a Mirena for almost five years. So it was time to either take it out or exchange it or whatever. And I was like, I want this thing out of me and I want it out now. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I, I, it just felt right to me. And so the, about the same time I stopped counting macros, I had my Marina taken out and it took me six months to even get a menstrual cycle back because my body was just so unhealthy from being underweight. And I, I didn't weigh myself for a very long time and we can kind of get into where this is kind of where we merge. And I started really just trying to recover my body. And I just, I mean, I was feeling like garbage. I was tired all the time and I was still really trying. I, I was trying to get away from that over-exercising mentality and counting macros, but I, I still was like, it still had a grip on me. Mm-hmm. I think, I think at this point and I don't, I, I don't know what like kind of the next step is with that, but I started, I started working with Paragon, like also around that time. So I was doing just like resistance training, like not cardio, no high intensity stuff, really just trying to recover my body. And I really had to let go of that macro counting and let my body gain a lot of weight in order to get my period back, to get back to a healthy point. Like for women, for people who out there who don't know, like your a menstrual cycle is a woman's fifth vital sign. So if your menstrual cycle is screwed up, like your health is screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to talk to somebody about that. And if one provider doesn't listen, like go talk to somebody else because someone will. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate enough that I had that medical background and I had the ability to decipher through that information. Um, most women aren't that fortunate. And that's why I am so passionate about educating women about that. Mm-hmm. So I, God, I mean, before I started WAG, I was about 135 pounds. That's kind of my set point. Um, I think it just always has been. And I got down as low as 116. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. The lowest I ever saw on the scale was 116, but I generally sat around 122 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started gaining weight back, but I would say I was probably upwards of like almost 150 at my highest before I got my period, like right as I got my period back. Yeah. Um, and now my body is kind of like back at that set point, but it was very uncomfortable. It was very hard. I know Joelle talks and shows pictures all the time about what her body looked and felt like whenever she was trying to get her period back and it, I had the same experience. So yeah, it's definitely (laughs) very difficult mentally and physically. Like you said, it's really hard. It was really hard buying new clothes and just, I mean, everything. So probably about when did I start working with you guys? It's probably about a year after that. Cause it was in April of April of last year, March, it's been about a year that yeah. I've been so working with you guys. Um, I'd always loved Derek's programming. So this is where kind of, I guess my journey transitions to really specifically with you guys. Um, immediately, like at, when I was at 446 with Derek, like his programming is top notch. Like there, I have never been with more effective programming where, you're doing the minimally effective dose, but you're getting and you're seeing results a hundred percent, like without a doubt. And I was getting really beat up on Paragon. Um, and I know that 
this isn't everybody's experience. And I like to make this clear whenever I kind of sound like I'm bad mouthing something like my experience is my experience. And that doesn't mean everybody else had that. Mm -hmm. But I was just constantly feeling beat up and like so sore that I couldn't see, you know, when you go to sit down on the toilet and you're like, I can't get up. yeah, not fun. <laughs> and all that kept really being said to me in the Facebook group was, well, are you sleeping? Well, are you doing this? Well, are you-? yeah, like I'm doing all, listen, if I do one more thing to try to focus on like my recovery, like it's going to be a stressor instead of a stress reliever and mm-hmm. like something good for my health. So I got really frustrated. And that's, I think really when I reached out to you guys and I was like, listen, I'm ready to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. I do remember that. And so when you first started working with us, you did nutrition and the move program, correct? I think I did the build program. I did build, build first. first. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because you're in a very unique situation where you have literally done every single one of our programs. You even did the pull-up program. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So yeah, that was back like in it was like right around the time the pandemic hit, like when COVID mm-hmm. hit that I was like, mm, I'm going to do something different. And yeah, I, I entered into nutrition probably at a, I don't know, I don't know what the rest of your clients are like, but in a very different space with a very different background where one of our goals, one of our very first goals was literally for me to just be able to step on a scale mm-hmm. because I came from a place where I was stepping on the scale every day and I lived and died by the number on the scale And then I just stopped. And then I got scared of the scale because I was like, I don't want to see that number. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of our first goals was literally just step on the scale and don't associate emotion with it. Like it is just a data point, like not to freak out about it. And I did it and it really wasn't a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. I remember you literally (laughs) sending me a text being like, I stepped on the scale today again and like, we're good. Like it's up a little or it's down and I don't really have any emotion about it, which is, was huge for us. Yeah. So, and I started weighing myself in kilograms yes. <laughs> at first. Yes. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still keep it on kilos because I, I step on the scale every once in a while, but not anywhere like I used to. But I didn't want to be one of those people who went to the, their doctor's office and was like, um. I mentally can't weigh myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's not healthy either, mm-hmm. you know, to be tied to it one way or the other. So I think that was really a big step for me to learn how to live in that gray space of fitness and nutrition and health and really, and still caring about what I looked like and how I, you know, and my appearance and things, because I do still care about that. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's something that was a big conversation that we had right from the beginning was, mm-hmm we can accept our body, but it's also okay to want to change. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say, so like my next question, now that you started to work with us about a year ago, what has changed in your life as a result of, let's start with the one-on-one nutrition, then we can move into fitness. Yeah. I would say you were as freaked out to work with me on that as I was. (laughs) Oh yeah. I made Derek (laughs) sit in phone calls with us sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) My face is red. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, What was it? So what was that like? Um, 
it was good. Like we started really basic, which we moved away from very quickly yeah. because it was like, get 800 grams of fruits and vegetables. And I was like eating 1400. And we were like, okay, we can move away from this. Yeah. But I didn't I want think- you. I didn't want you to feel like we had to go straight into counting our macros. So that was the idea behind that. But I think it literally lasted one week. It did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, we moved on to count macros there and it was, you know, it was very sustainable. I think, I think we started me out like somewhere around maintenance, like 24, 2,500 calories. Um, and I lost a little bit of weight right mm-hmm. away. I think I was probably eating like 2,800 calories before that a day. It was at a good um, rate pace too, or rate though as well. Like it was half a pound to a pound per week, like nothing more. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've maintained that really. I mean, I kind of sit around 61 to 62 kilos now. And when we started, I was like probably 65 kilos. Mm -hmm. So, um, like a lot of that, like just, I think has my pattern of eating has followed that since like, I haven't tracked macros really since we did those couple of months together. So um, and then we, so we did the, like the fruits and vegetables thing. Then we did count macros for a little while and we did a little deficit and I've really kind of just maintained maintenance since then. And I've really enjoyed just feeling good and not stressing about what I'm eating, knowing that I'm getting my fruits and vegetables in and protein has never been a problem for me because <laughs> every once in a while I get like this weird aversion to meat and it's usually around my period. It's very oh, okay. strange. Um, so like for one or two days, I have to like rely a little bit on protein powder. But besides that, like, um, I've really just been able to maintain that healthy, like for me, I eat three meals a day and two snacks. Like I've done that for a long time. It's Mm -hmm. just what feels best for me. So I make sure there's a fruit or a vegetable at every meal at most snacks, but I don't stress about it. Like it's not it's something that like I was able to lay a really good foundation working with you and just doing and eating what feels good to me. And it's really just kind of followed suit. I don't have a problem eating out anymore or having a glass of wine if I want it or going on vacation. I don't like throw it out the window and just say, fuck it. And like eat everything in sight. Like I used to when I was so deprived. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people mistake that as like, oh, I just don't have willpower. No, you're not binging. You're hungry. Yeah. And you're starving. Absolutely. So I just went on a tirade, but no, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, So I I think it was just important in laying that foundation for me and bridging that gap and of really living in that gray area with nutrition where like before it was like I was either tracking and on my macros or I was a complete and utter utter disaster because if I wasn't tracking it was like I forgot how to eat it was so messed Mm -hmm. up yeah absolutely no I I completely agree and then in terms of or fitness like we said you've you went build you've tried the move program uh you did like a few months at each Mm-hmm. And then the pull up pursue, and now you're doing one on one custom programming with Derek. So, yeah, what has changed in your life as a result of, I guess, all of that? <laughs> um, so I I've loved every part of it, and I think I am just someone who has a hard time doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, build was great. I think that. I mean, people are going to see aesthetic changes. They're going to see 
strength changes with that program. There's no freaking way they're not because it's progressive overload. If you do the program, you're going to see the results. Mm -hmm. You obviously have to put the effort in. Move is more of your traditional CrossFit style stuff. And I, I still like doing that. I think I like doing that more in a group for me personally, mm-hmm. but then I started, you know, we really started having issues with my back pain. Um, I don't, I still don't know exactly what's going on. I do have some pretty significant levoscoliosis. I don't know how long that's been there. If that's been lifelong or if there's something else going on, um, hopefully we'll be getting an MRI soon. <laughs> um, so I went to the custom. I went, I just told Derek, I was like, you know, I just, I need something that is going to rebuild this core strength, my back strength. Like I really felt like I had from going from build and then to move, there was a lot of inconsistencies in my life during that time, like just with gyms being shut down. And then I went to work at the hospital and I wasn't really able to do things. And with this back pain, I felt like I had lost some strength Mm -hmm. and not because Derek's programming for build and move wasn't good, but because there were just a lot of inconsistencies in my life and with this back pain. And I had been running a lot cause I was training for a half marathon. So I was like, listen, like I just really want to rebuild and I want to focus on building that foundation again. And so we started doing custom and I kind of wish I would have started doing it from the beginning. <laughs> no. And I think I was going to bring up your running there cause it's, you are extremely active. So the custom is nice because it literally like you talk to him every single week and you make adjustments for your back, for your running, for your work schedule. Like I know last yeah. month you were going to go to the hospital again. Like, um, so I think that's definitely a huge benefit. Yeah, for sure. And we even talked about adding like a, like a prehab rehab day in of just like stretching. I've been doing like a lot of stretching and yoga just in general, which has been really helpful. But we started like just building me up to try to reintroduce some movements that were painful. And some of them were able to be reintroduced or to make more progression. But like, I still can't two leg deadlift. Like I can Mm -hmm. single leg deadlift, but I can't two leg deadlift. If anybody is like a physical therapist or movement specialist out there that knows why, please contact me. Um, Please let me know. Um, You know, so that movement is still really painful. Um, which sucks, but there's just a lot of stuff that I can do. And he has done really good at working around that. And I'm definitely seeing, like, I definitely think I'm building more muscle at this point. Um, you know, and every week I'm making improvements in weight. So like my numbers are going up every week with movements that I'm seeing repeated because we're, we're on a four, I think it's four weeks are the cycle phases that we're going in. So, you know, I was shoulder pressing 30 pound dumbbells for eight or 10 reps the other week, which is probably more than I've ever been able to shoulder press with dumbbells. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, just really being able to see those improvements. And I think just because of my personal fitness background, like I, I am not, I'm not going to see newbie gains. Mm -hmm. Oh, I (laughs) wish I've been, I know I've been doing this for, you know, 24 years at this point, really, I've been lifting weights for 24 years. So longer, longer. Um, I've been doing this longer than I haven't been in my life span. So, um, I think that for people who are in my boat like that, like the custom is going to be the most effective. I a hundred percent think that. Okay. No, I love that. Um, so kind of a big question. 
what has been the most helpful from the program that has led you to like where you're at today? You can talk about nutrition or fitness, Mm. whatever you want. I mean, I think one of the big things that I already mentioned is doing nutrition with you guys really laid a foundation for me to be comfortable in the gray space, to go out to eat, to have a glass of wine, you know, that it, if I have an Oreo for breakfast, it doesn't mean that the whole day is gone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, fitness too. Like I look back on my fitness journey, just, you know, I trained for, I've trained for marathons. I've done so many half marathons and everything else. Like I really was over exercising and under eating, even with as much as I was eating probably my whole life because working as the personal trainer, I'd be like, Oh, I'm just going to jump in a spin class here. And then I'll go run six miles. And then, you know, I mean, that's just how I've always been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just being able to bring that mindfulness into my movement and how do I feel today? You know, can I work out? Did I earn the right to train today? Have I slept? Have I eaten well? Um, where's my stress at? And those types of things like you guys have really just solidified a lot of those things that I've really harnessed on my own. You guys really bring that into ballistic, which is so, so important. Like people need to recognize how important it is to earn your right to train and earn your right to deficit. And those types of things because it is health first and aesthetics will follow. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I think it, it can just be hard to wrap your mind that more is not always better, especially if you came from that background. Yeah, for sure. And like, I listened to the mind pump guys talk about this and I had Sal on my podcast and we talked about this where you don't really see a lot of people who are overweight and unhealthy when they focus on being healthy, mm-hmm. right? So people who are just generally concerned about their movement and you know what they're eating, those aren't the people that we see who are diabetic and overweight and you know at risk for cardiovascular disease. So when you focus on those things, aesthetics are going to follow. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... I think it's just really important for people to know out there, like you have no right to focus on your aesthetics. If your health is in the dumpster. Yeah, you don't. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people off on a tangent a little bit, I think a lot of people hire a nutrition coach to work on aesthetics, even like without wanting to work on their health first. And it's kind of very eye opening when it's like, what, especially with ballistic, if someone comes to me, I have so many individuals that we re- like, I'd say 90% we reverse diet first because I'm like, I'm not, you need to go find a different coach. If you're going, if you do, because I care about getting you healthy first, then we can work towards that aesthetic goal. Does yeah, that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And that is such a difficult conversation to have, but it is so important. Like I, I wish I would have known that before I went down, I would not have gone down the rabbit hole that I went down, but I wasn't following the right people and I wasn't listening to the right things and learning the right information. And so that's why I think what you guys are doing and people like Joelle and, you know, who are in that space for the right reasons, like you guys tell people like, sorry, I won't work with you. Yeah. And that's money. Like that is money out of your pocket. So when people are willing to sit back and say, sorry, I won't take your money. Um, that person has integrity and that is a hard thing to find. So 
I think people need to in these consults with you, or if they're like coming to you and, and kind of feeling some aversion to that, like sit back and think about what you and Derek are offering them. Like you're offering them, like giving a crap about their health and their overall, overall well-being, overtaking their dollars. Mm-hmm. And that would make me want to work with someone even more. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, no, but I, I agree. Like, I think that it, you have to put your health first. Like it's no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Next question. Were you skeptical about joining? Me? Yeah. No. Um, because I had so much experience with you guys previously, like I, I think someone who knows you guys or knows anyone that they're going into the situation with, like you either know it's going to be good or you, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a train wreck and you stay away, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just the way it is. So I, I knew it would go well. I didn't, I didn't have a doubt about that. I, I, I look back and I'm like, why the hell did I wait so long? Like you guys had started this and I was, I knew exactly like when you guys had like liked a photo or followed me on Instagram or something. Cause Derek had told me about what he wanted to do one day. So as soon as I saw it, I knew it. I was like, yes. And so I don't know what took me so stinking long to make the switch over <laughs> I honestly all I remember is me messaging you or texting you being like <laughs> all righty are you ready <laughs> Derek Loki harassed me it's fine I'm here for it I think people should know that like we are ve- we are all very good friends so when I say Derek Loki harassed me he Loki harasses me about a lot of things yeah. so um but he wasn't wrong you know I mean And I think like I was probably telling you, I just, I was feeling like garbage. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's only because I care about you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get like, I get sore sometimes from Derek's programming, but definitely not like I was before. Yeah. No. Um, No, that's good. I'm trying to think. I have one more question. Who would you say, let's say, let's talk about nutrition and custom who would you say those programs are for I mean I think they can honestly be for anybody I really do because Derek's not going to start somebody out who's never lifted a day in their life doing like hang snatches and pull-ups and it's like he comes from a CrossFit mentality where everything is scalable right everything is doable Mm -hmm. so I think even if it's someone who has never spent a day in the gym in their life, like you guys give instructional videos, I can send him videos of my form and technique and say, Hey, is this right? Or what do you think about this? Um, I, I don't think there's a limit to that. So from the very beginner to someone like me, who is so advanced in her lifting that I think it can be really beneficial for anyone. Awesome. I, I truly do. Um, That's I wouldn't awesome say that to hear. <laughs> um, I think, you know, someone who is just starting out and lifting would might require a little bit more attention in the first couple of months to form and things like that. But I think if someone truly has the interest and really wants to take that step that they can pay attention to the videos. Like I, even I go through my programming like the day before and I make sure I, I know all the movements and things like that. Cause every once in a while, I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, kettlebell horn tricep extension. What the, f- Oh, those are Derek. bad. <laughs> They're terrible. I couldn't do it today at the gym because I had, I have, I had a bun and it kept boinking my bun. 
I was like, I was like, I'm not dealing with my hair right now, Derek. I'm doing dumbbell tricep <laughs> extensions. Go with it. So like for me, it's really easy to like make those modifications too. And even like before I really had a chance to dig in into conversation with him about, Hey, this isn't working for my back. I was able to be like, okay, instead of a full deadlift, I'll just modify it to from the blocks because we know that that feels okay for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of people would have can, can learn a lot from that too, just from talking to Derek, because he explains everything so well about why are we doing this and what kind of you know, posterior, uh, posterior, anterior chain and push pull days and why we do it like that. And so I do think that everyone can benefit from it, but I do think, especially people who have been, who are advanced like me, like you're going to see, I mean, my pull-ups feel like butter right now. <laughs> like, I think he can be programming me sets of eight or 10 at this point. That's awesome. Don't tell him. <laughs> I won't. It, just when he listens to this next Tuesday, watch out. <laughs> um, I and know. Then, yeah, my pull-ups are getting ridiculously good. That's good. That's really good. Um, and then what about nutrition? I know yours, again, it probably is not the norm, but who do you <laughs> think the nutrition program would be good for? So I would say before you hire a nutrition coach, you need to be ready for change. You can't be in a mindset of being, of not being willing to accept criticism or accept ideas or ready, being ready to actually make a change. Just because you hire a nutrition coach doesn't mean you're going to see the results. You actually have to put the work in. So I think that that growth mindset is so important when you're attempting to make any type of psychological or behavioral change. And that's what nutritional changes are. It's really, nutrition is simple. Nutrition is not easy mm -hmm. because it gets in between our ears and our brains are the biggest thing that, that set our limitations. So, you know, be ready to pick up different things at the grocery store, be ready to, you know, maybe not be having three to four alcohol drinks a night, be ready to focus on your water intake. Um, beyond that, like you guys really do meet people where they are, which I think is so important because, not everybody is at the point that I am and understands fiber and macronutrients and how to log and how to do all these things. Like some people aren't licking vegetables daily. So we mm -hmm. need to start there. Okay. You know? Um, and I think that is really the great thing about you guys that you can start with someone and say like, instead of just making this blanket statement of you need to be getting 25 to 35 grams of fiber and 130 grams of protein and walking 10,000 steps a day, like that doesn't work for everybody. So no. these nutrition programs out there that are cookie cutter are fucking crap for people because asking someone to do that, who literally is eating McDonald's every day, they are not going to be successful. And you are setting those people up for failure and just taking their money. Yeah. And it pisses me off quite frankly. So when you get a client who is going from the couch in McDonald's, like I think that that person could be extremely successful for you with you. And I think Obviously, someone like me who is very seasoned in counting macros and aesthetic changes and whatever, you know, that person can also be successful with you. Thanks. No, I, I love hearing <laughs> that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Anything else that you want listeners to know about, like, your experience or any advice that you have? I think that if you 
are someone who is the slightest bit interested in making a change in your life, like don't hesitate to work with Derek and Ashley because if you are willing to put in the work and have that growth mindset, you can number one, learn so much and you can change your life. You know, you could cry. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm holding it together. <laughs> like even for me, like it wasn't like I was eating garbage, but I was just, I was still not in a balanced space with food and exercise and everything. And like that can just fuck your life up, you know, relationship wise, you know, people, God only know, bless Marcus's heart for dealing with my bullshit for two years. Bless him. <laughs> he's I'm probably, I was just going to yeah. say he's going to scream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he's still here. I don't think I've seen him leave, you know, but people don't realize what a big part, like what you're putting in your pie hole and how you're moving your body has to do with how you feel and how you relate to yourself. And whether it's, you know, like you're going from McDonald's or you're going from obsessive eating, like it is affecting your life. It is affecting your health. It is affecting everything that you do. So I think that anybody can benefit from, you know, working with you guys for sure. Thanks, friend. Um, I mean it. I don't say stuff I don't mean. (laughs) If you listen to our podcast or just follow you on Instagram, you know this is true. It is. Um, is. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming on here and chatting with me about that. Um, If listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you? You can find me hanging out mostly on Instagram. I'm at danielle.marie.pac. Um, and you can download my podcast and take a listen. It is called Strong and Unfiltered. If you are on Apple Podcasts, Apple is very needy. And you have <laughs> to put strong plus sign unfiltered um, because that is how I put it in. And Apple apparently just needs to be needy and special. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, definitely go check that out. Check out our Instagram. You'll learn a ton. Um, But thanks again for coming on. You're welcome. Happy to be here. (laughs) Bye, everyone. See ya. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're tuning in every single week, we appreciate you so freaking much. And if it's your first time listening, we also appreciate that as well. In either case, please do us a favor. If you enjoy what you're listening to, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That is how we reach more people on this platform and change more lives. Aside from that, be sure to follow us on every other platform, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're literally on everything. Subscribe to those channels so you can stay up to date on all of the information we're putting out there to help you move closer toward your goals. We hope to see you guys next week. Thanks.